0: I want to know about having sex with more than three women. That's all I want to know. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. This is Holiday Show Spectacular Part 2 uh, with special guest Sleazy E. What's up there, Sleazy?
3: Happy holidays and not Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> and uh, and Steele. What's going on, Steele?
1: Not much. What's happening?
2: Yeah. Um, thanks for uh subbing the show. Um, you know, I was trying to get uh Wackerly on the show like we do every year and uh I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. I think he still has some animosity for you calling him out, Steele, for not coming out of the car and saying goodbye to like giving you a proper hug goodbye at the podcast convention so many years ago. <laughs> he holds grudges, huh? That long.
1: Oh that's a long grudge, but I thought we've hashed that over uh Pretty much every holiday show for the last 15 <laughs> years, haven't we? I mean, he, Sometimes he, he should coming. have come on this year. All of a sudden, he's got a bug up his ass. I, th-
2: I think he does. I'm not quite sure. I think part of it is he was on in uh, November when I went to Japan. He subbed the show. And so I think he just didn't want to do a show this close to the last time he was on. I think he, he does it once a year.
3: Yeah, too much of a good thing, right?
2: Yeah which uh so anyway
1: overexposure isn't good yeah
2: <laughs> and no one wants to be overexposed uh to wackerly that's for sure um but anyway thank you uh both you guys for being on especially uh sleazy E. it's been a long time since you've been on the show
3: i was trying to look back through my uh skype calls to see when it was and i, I couldn't find it so it's
2: been a few years yeah, yeah it used to i mean it's funny you know what uh, this is 2020 now almost um it's almost the new year. Um, twenty twenty marks fourteen years of fucking sick and wrong. Fourteen years. Can you believe that? How long I, have you been in LA now? Well, I've been in LA since like two thousand eleven, so almost wow. nine. Yeah, almost nine years. Wow. But I can't believe I've been doing sick and wrong that long.
1: Yeah. And
2: uh, yeah, it's just That's like
1: tragic. It is <laughs> tragic. It's like on your life.
2: It's like an incurable case of genital warts. It's just yeah. never going to go away. Just,
3: Just keep coming back and back. I know. And And
2: yeah, no matter how much cream I put on it, you know, it just keeps coming back. It's this thing. Yeah. (laughs) It is tragic.
3: How are you going to celebrate 15 years?
2: Oh, God. Suicide, maybe? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that or might work ending out.
1: Ending the show, followed
3: yeah.
2: by ending your life. <laughs> probably ending my life on the show. That will be the last episode.
1: That will probably be your highest-ranked show <laughs> in a <Yeah. eight>
2: years. Gigi <laughs> you know, Allen G- threatened. Stop. Yeah, you know, Gigi yeah. threatened to do it for years. He just OD'd. Maybe we can actually pull through. Maybe do a double suicide, me and Harrison. <laughs> show's how done how would
3: you do it though like which what what you know what what would you be your recommended uh way of suicide
2: i think i'd have to put some like poison in my miller high life and then just yeah, like
3: poison anyway innit? it
2: yeah <laughs> more or less but anyway just drink it and then by the end of the show just like all right i think this is working and then just be done
1: or oh, maybe like a, like a jim jones Type, like a Jones, like a Kool Aid kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but we got to do it on a holiday show, you know. Because yeah. it'd be like so. I'd probably do it in an eggnog. I'd probably put like maybe a bunch of fentanyl in my eggnog. And, then, you uh,
3: both, and you both do it the same way, or one would be do it would do it differently. I think you'd have to do it differently,
2: right? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what Harrison's uh, preferred technique would be.
3: But yeah. I think
1: I don't the, think it should be a double suicide. I think you should go murder suicide. Oh, murder oh, suicide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, Kills right. the other one and then you kill whoever kills the other one then commits suicide. Go Chris do a Chris Benoit on each other, you know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that would
2: work. You know, I think Harrison's had that wet dream so many times.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, <laughs> <laughs> Murdering me and killing himself, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's something that uh definitely a bucket list item for himself. Anyway, happy Kwanzaa to both you guys. Uh, did you have a good one this year? Yes.
3: Yes, it was great. Yes.
2: <laughs> what it's did you raining. do for, for Kwanzaa mess? We have a
3: tree, yeah.
2: You, do you have a Christmas tree in your house? Because you live with your Christmas. lady now, right?
3: Yeah, I have a Christmas tree. Yep, a big old and Christmas tree.
2: Did you put it up like right after Thanksgiving like you're supposed to, or did you wait?
3: Well, it's gone, so she put it up like, um, like... Like a week before Christmas, but but old uh, Joe gave me the best uh, decoration. He got me a baphomet made of glass.
2: What a, so, a Christmas tree ornament?
3: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it that went straight on the tree.
2: That's pretty cool. Yeah. What about you, Steele? Do you have a tree in your dorm room?
1: <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put a tree up in my life. I I taught, didn't we discuss this? Uh, before Thanksgiving, I, the only decoration I did this year for Christmas was a still shot photo from the movie Invasion USA.
0: Oh, yeah, Chuck, Chuck Norris.
1: Morris. Shooting double Mac 10s. Oh, yeah. Nice, Christmas tree nice. in the background of the photo.
2: <laughs> so that's a good movie. Um, did you get any yeah. Christmas cards from your, uh, your friends' families?
1: Uh, no, they cut me off about 10 years ago. Because <laughs> I don't send them shit. I don't even acknowledge that I got it. And then once they're done, you know, they, once they found out, like, some of the people who were sending cards, you know, they are sending cards with their daughters. Their daughters were, like, now 20 years old, so I was now masturbating to them. <laughs> uh, I got cut off of the Christmas card sending list. So, wait, did
2: you get invited to any, I'm, I remember you were saying that, like, Martin's wife tried to invite you to Thanksgiving. But did anyone mm-hmm. invite you to any uh, holiday parties?
1: No, I think I'm cut off of the holiday party and invitation list as well. So, wait,
2: you had no ugly sweater, like ugly Christmas sweater holiday parties? Oh,
1: no, I refuse to participate <laughs> in one of those. Uh, no, I will not go to an ugly sweater party. Uh, I've defriended people on Facebook just for mentioning that they're going to a <laughs> ugly it's like sweater party. you cut party. them off. <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't take it. Like, sometimes you'll go on the fag book and every your first 10 things on the newsfeed will be somebody posting pictures from an ugly sweater party this time of year. And I, I can't take it. I have to, <laughs> have to rid them of my life. Well, I saw that you
2: made a post recently that, uh, you were planning to go back on like Tinder or, or some of these dating sites. Is it because you wanted yes. to bring a date to your parents' house for Christmas, for the Christmas dinner, your brother's <laughs> house?
1: A plus one. No, I don't even get invited. <laughs> I don't I don't even get that much of an invite anymore. You don't get invited so, no, don't, to your no.
3: Christmas
2: party. Your
3: own yeah, family's Christmas even party. Your family
1: doesn't invite
2: me. <laughs> wait, I thought your brother did it every year. He he cut you off too?
1: No, I did. I went over there for a little while. But, you know, that's about the extent of it.
2: So wait, so were you getting lonely over the holidays and that's why you went back on Tinder?
1: No, I just I'm bored and I just it, I I was never I was never on the dating sites for, like, I was always on them just for the absurdity of to make fun of myself, more or less, and then to make fun of the whole concept of dating, let alone online dating. So, like, I like to go on there, and the the profile I'm setting up now, I'm putting, they have you check a box, like, a a drinker, non-drinker, so I I clicked non-drinker, and then turned around and every photo I uploaded of myself was me holding an alcoholic beverage. <laughs>
2: nice. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's like a reverse psychology thing. So it might end up working yeah, out. I just
1: think it's, yeah, it's just so ridiculous so, that I was bored. and I think it's fun to just go on there and look at the train wreck. You, you try dating at my age. Have you seen the train wrecks on those sites? Well, what's your, okay. Myself?
2: What's the age range you're looking Do you put like 22 to like 50?
1: I usually go 18 to 75. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my broad options range. open. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so they be- won't let me go lower than 18, so I got to <laughs> stop there. Obviously, for uh, legal purposes, too, I can't go lower. So they, they cut you off at 18, and I don't know. You might be able to go up to like 99 or 100 on the other end. I should check out how... How you can go in age. I yeah, I was sure wondering what the limit,
2: limit is. I wonder you know, if you can go up to like eighty or ninety. Um so in Bay I City can. because it's such a smaller, you know, a smaller city, smaller area, do you see a lot of people you know? Like divorcees and like your friends' oh, divorced yeah. wives?
1: You run across all the bar trollops, like the tragic <laughs> figures that you see at two thirty in the morning, as you're both looking across the. Well, it used to be a smoke-filled room, but they don't allow smoking in bars now. But when you used to look across the bar at two thirty at last call, I see a lot of those in there, and, and they're probably looking at my picture, going, God, "I've seen this ugly fuck at the bar too." So yeah. I love
2: I love when they you post their, a lot of it in the their, small, Well, so. they post their picture on like Tinder or uh, or Bumble or whatever with their fucking kids. As if you're going to be like, oh, oh wow, wow, she's got kids. That's a
1: plus. And you've got to
3: and you got to work out which one is the one is the girl is the is the one yeah. that's
1: actually <laughs> isn't that the truth? Wow, you're yeah. like
3: hoping it's the one on the left, but it turns out it's the one on the far right, and you're like, oh, it's,
1: yeah. and it's never the one on the left. <laughs> it's always the one that you, the last one that you want in that yeah. photo is the one that it always is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that,
2: that's the other. That's the other classic movies. they post their p- a picture of like a group photo of four hot girls, and then one yeah. just fat, ugly one, and you're like, oh, well, I wonder which one I'm talking to.
3: But quite often you have well, to go through like ten pictures before you try and work <laughs> out the, which one it is.
1: Yeah, it's, it becomes almost work. Like you're, yeah. you're now. Now they're putting you. Now you got to work to fi- figure out who the hell it is. And so, then by then, I'm just so annoyed. <laughs> but. It, it's such a debacle. And now a lot of them in the last four or five years, now a lot of them are using those photo filters with the cat face or the dog oh face. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, the Snapchat yeah. shit. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> They're putting those on their dating profile photos.
2: Even like the the 50-plus women that you're looking at? Yes.
1: The 90-plus women? No, they really are. Yeah, the 50-plus are even worse with that shit than the younger Snapchat. Age groups like my age group, like forty plus and over, they're way worse with that dog face shit than the young, the young girls are.
3: But it's, but it's probably real hair on their face, though, isn't it?
1: <laughs> That's very possible.
2: So, uh, Steele, did you actually get to the point where you matched with someone and communicated with them?
1: See, I don't pay for the subscription. Like, it, it's it like to get all the bells and whistles of these sites, you got to pay like sixteen bucks a month. I'm oh. too cheap, too lazy, and don't really give that much a fuck about it. But they, like, have free weekends sometimes where you can make m- more connect. But so it's – I'm kind of limited in terms of how I can, you know, respond or interact. If the, if the person that has a if, – if one of the girls sees me and they have, like, a full-fledged membership, I think I can respond. It's it's set up. I don't I don't know all the be- – how, Wait, how is it Is this works Tinder shit,
2: or but, Bumble? Which one are you on?
1: No, I'm just on regular – right now – I I used to have a bunch of these sites that I lost. Like I had a different email account for. I can't get into them anymore. I don't know my password. I don't even know what my <laughs> username was. You're very
2: tech savvy, so, though.
1: Yeah, and so I had to just start a new one from scratch. I'm just on like Match or one of the uh one of the. Oh wait, you're on Match. Sites, Oh, dude, you got to get is on Tinder
2: worse. because Tinder's were all like yeah. the the sluts go.
1: Yeah, I've been on there before years ago, but again, I don't even know how to get on my account. I,
2: I could even, yeah, you might have to make a new one with a new email address. I couldn't even imagine what the girls on Tinder and Bay City would look like. Like, yeah, Not it, good. it must be horrific, like a fucking David Lynch movie or something, or Cronenberg film. Like, I remember when T- I was in uh, Scotland years ago, oh, the that's Tinder right, yeah. there, were, yeah. oh my God, the Tinder there was horrifying. So I wonder how that would compare to Bay City, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, I don't... very
1: close. <laughs> yeah.
2: It could be. Yeah, I just wonder size-wise. I just, I guess, with Bay City because it's such a small place, is I would just be worried that I'm going to like run into my friend's like ex-wife on or, there, or, ru-
3: or run into your cousin and not realize. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I imagine that must happen a lot. Um yeah. So, uh, sleazy E, did you uh, go to any work holiday parties? Did you do any holiday things?
3: No. Not, not, not in the slightest bit. But um, yeah, no, I'm sick of uh, uh, those Christmas sweater parties. The last time I had one that lit up, you know, with all the lights on it, it electrified my nipples. So I'm never wearing one of those again.
0: Ooh,
2: yeah, people <laughs> can die from that. It could be possibly fatal. What about you, Steele? Do you have uh, with the the PI investigations? Do you have any holiday parties with that?
1: No, I've never. I've fortunately in my entire working. Adult life. I've never worked in an environment where we have holiday parties, so I've <laughs> I've dodged that bullet for thirty
0: years.
2: Wow! Yeah, so, you're, so wait, um, they, your company—they don't do anything like that. Do they even send out a like a card? <laughs> they they send out a
3: card to all the all the uh, people that you've uh, been been spying on.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, we don't get a Christmas card. Nothing. I mean, no we're bonus. Spread out All I mean, we don't have like we don't even have an office, so we'd have to and we're all spread out, you know, hundreds of miles away from each other, so you know. That that wonder do shit like that, so. Yeah, yeah. You I could guess.
3: have a Skype it's a spotty.
2: <laughs> yeah, bunch of PIs hanging out. Yeah, you know, we didn't at uh well, I got a new job recently, but my job didn't even I think they kind of had a holiday party but not really which is weird like uh i think because i'm a contractor i might not have been invited to the full-time holiday party but i avoided oh, all you're of a
3: it second-class citizen yeah I'm yeah a, yeah it's yeah. like yeah. like a mexican
2: yeah, more or less yeah, yeah. Mm. and so uh, i didn't even get invited to any of that so it's been kind of nice however what kind of sucks about my job is uh we only got christmas day off that's it so i had to work this whole week
3: no boxing day nothing
2: nothing which is wow. weird. Most companies give you at least two days off for Christmas. It's usually New Year's and New Year's, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off. Are you Ma- off
3: New Year's Eve?
2: No, I got, a, I got New Year's Day and Christmas Day off. And wow. because I work through uh, recruiting companies, I'm a contractor, those are yeah. both unpaid, but like forced. You have to take it off. Right, right, right. I should have got all like, you know, Jewish pride on them. Be like, I'm Jewish. I don't oh.
3: celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I want Hanukkah. De-
2: I want a Hanukkah. De- yeah, give me eight days for Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I'm sure that would have went over well. Anyway, it is strange coming
3: into 2020 though. We're coming to the end of a of a whole decade. I mean, it seems
2: doesn't that seem strange and weird and it is surreal, cre- crazy. Well, I mean, that happens anyway. But I I always feel like because when it's like a milestone New Year like this, when it's like a decade ending or something, that's when you get reflective and you look back on like the last ten years, like, what did I do with my life? Do you? Yeah, I think I think people do because I've seen it on Instagram where like people are like 2009 to 2019 and they show pictures. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Do I really want to get depressed? (laughs) See, I've been doing this for
0: same people. Yeah. Yeah,
2: No, I've been doing this for the past fucking ten years, and it's exactly the same. <laughs>
3: so but you guess... remember, like nineteen ninety nine? You know, that was ever, ever was, you know, and it seems, feels like the twenty. That was like yesterday, and that was twenty years ago. You know,
2: that yeah, was a long time so, ago. It means we're getting old. But that was a, yeah. that, that one was a was a pretty cool New Year's because the end of like a millennium. Yeah. Um, but then also. Uh, Everyone was freaked out that, like, remember yeah. they had, like, that Y2K paranoia? That. Yeah, like, Y2K. And you had to be ready for Y2K. And people were hanging out by ATMs thinking that cash was going to shoot out. <laughs> I mean, Remember that? Like, the hysteria?
3: And absolutely yeah. nothing happened. No,
2: nothing happened because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just fucking time. But, yeah, I, I do well, think it's funny. I'm, I'm kind of dreading on New Year's Eve all the fucking... You know, sanctimonious posts that people are gonna start posting about their ten years with their family and how much they've grown in the past ten years. I'm kinda posting of, oh, get...
1: the New Year's resolutions uh, about how they're gonna lose weight. Then they show the pictures of ten years ago and they're fatter than they were in the two thousand and nine <laughs> photo, and every year since then their resolution was they're gonna lose weight. <laughs> they're even so, bigger.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's working. So it's always fun to look at that on, on social media to see how much people continue to fail in their lives. And, you know, <laughs> but they always have these grandiose ideas of what they're going to do. But actually, 2000 was probably one of the last, because I'm anti-New Year's Eve. It's such an awful, <laughs> like, an awful night. That's one of the last times I actually, I think, went to a New Year's Eve party. Was it 2000? Was two, uh, yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure it was like 2000. Because I'm so, I, I hate that. I even hated that night when I was a kid. I just don't like New Year's Eve. It's, it always seems to be a lot of hype. And then it, it never lived up to its expectations. Now, I always in hated too. 2000, Do you drink I a pregnant stripper.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it wasn't that bad then. <laughs> no, it turned out that was an actual okay New Year's.
3: Yeah. yeah, but do you yeah. do you drink and do you drink uh, at home and just not watch uh, the ball drop and stuff?
1: Yeah, I'll just stay at home. I watch uh, like Charles Bronson movies pretty much all that. <laughs> that's right. Steelers' still <laughs> New Year's tradition. Bourbon.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's, that's the way to go. Well, that, that's Make been, it been a tradition for years. years.
3: Make it your own New Year's Eve party. Yeah.
2: I don't know, but fucking New Year's just sucks. It, it, I think it sucks worse in like big cities like this because there's shit going on, but it's fucking crazy expensive. And then your girlfriend's so like
3: so much trash to do stuff. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Like my, yeah. Well, my, like
2: my my girlfriend wants to go to, like a roaring twenties party because there's all these uh, roaring twenties parties. And then and what? like you look at them and they're like two hundred bucks to get in per person, and you get like one glass of champagne.
3: And you got to get your outfit together, which probably costs. I'm not $200. doing that.
2: I'm going to. There's a Judas Priest uh, medal night at this uh, on New Year's Eve, and it's going to be Priest Night all night. So I'm going to go check that out, and it's free. Nice. I think that and would maybe be more he'll fun. Show up. Oh my God! Would you, Rob? Okay, Steele. If Rob Halford was having a New Year's Eve party, would you go to that?
1: If Rob Helford like actual Rob Helford invited me to his New Year's Eve party? Yeah. Would I go? Uh, of course I would go. <laughs> you kinda
2: have to. It's oh. Rob Helford. But would you want the chat.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take it up the butt. And, <laughs> I don't I mean, if it's Rob Helford's fucking New Year's Eve fucking jam, I'm gonna I mean it's a great story. If I go there and get butt fucked by Rob Helford, what I mean that's the best Funniest new year's eve story i'll ever
2: have yeah it's a great way well, to bring in the a, new year
3: it's on part with a, a with a pregnant stripper i think yeah
2: <laughs> you know what oh yeah
3: I've...
2: the the one thing i was thinking of doing is la guns is playing on new year's eve at the whiskey that might yeah, be kind I of fun
3: i just looked at that today there's a whole bunch of uh yeah, yeah a bunch of, of hair of, metal um, bands metal bands yeah yeah, it's Close like, it.
2: I, it's L.A. Guns, I think Fannister Pussycat,
0: wow. and
2: I can't remember who else. But that might be kind of fun, because you go check that out, and then go over to the Rainbow. And it's yeah. the, the Shamebo on New Year's Eve would be a good time. Yeah. Anyway, the thing
1: about the bands you just mentioned, though, is like Faster Pussycat and L.A. Guns, they only had like one, each of them had like one decent song. One, or like one hit. They were playing like a one-song set, and then they moved on to the next band.
2: You know, I've <laughs> seen Faster Pussycat, and actually L.A. Guns I've seen a couple times, and I wasn't, yeah, I only knew like one song, but their, their songs are pretty decent, whereas Faster Pussycat, their songs are terrible, and they only had that one hit. Uh, what was that? I can't think of the name of that hit.
1: House of that's Pain? House of
2: Pain. That's Time
3: Me Down, right? Fast and Pussycat. Time Me Down, yeah. Time Me Down,
2: yeah. tie Me Down, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's the thing. So when you sit through it, it's like you got to sit through a set of just these mediocre songs until the very end when they play House <laughs> they of Pain.
3: They're all oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Awful. So that's probably Awful. what's going to happen. Plus but a
1: lot, of the, a, a lot of those bands are like the only member left is like the bass player or something. So <laughs> it's like not even it's like, okay, not even the real band dried. yeah I don't you know I think
2: Tame Me Down is still in it I don't know about the other guys but it is just kind of sad to see the aging metal you know the aging metal heads from like the 80s just sitting there getting wasted and they're trying to still wear the same clothes that they wore back in like 1989 yeah it's tragic done? oh it is oh. tragic it's like Bay City oh. Michigan Tinder that's what that is um, <laughs> anyway true. So uh, I did an interview for this week's show with a friend of mine named Julian Nitzberg, who just directed and actually wrote um, For the Love of a Glove, a new musical about Michael Jackson. And uh, what this musical is about, which is kind of interesting, his theory, is a puppet, it's like a puppet musical, like those Japanese, like Bunraku puppets. But his theory here is that... Uh, Michael Jackson's history of child sex abuse is due to a glove shaped alien that forced Jackson to feed on boys. So that's the whole point of it. These alien gloves came down to this planet and the alien gloves are into young boys. But Michael happened to find one of the gloves and then became like this amazing talent. But at the same time, had to go get young boys to feed the alien. You know,
3: this is on Nickelodeon,
2: is it? It should be. No, it's a live stage musical with like, uh, uh, see. yeah,
0: see.
2: A r- original music and all that. But what I'm interested in, I kind of, we kind of bring this up is it's, it's sort of unavoidable to talk about like the whole pedophilia thing, um, especially with that documentary that just came out. Did you see that? Uh, did you see that documentary Steel leaving Neverland?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I saw it. Oh, you saw it too? I
3: watched it eight times. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I had to watch it eight times.
2: Did you go out and buy a life-size cutout of Peter Pan to stick in in your wall? That was the best scene. Well, I'm hoping he has that scene in the play where it's like, you know, Michael Jackson masturbating at some kid's butthole.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was the creepiest part of the whole special was – it was a kid that was describing how he had to bend over, spread his ass lips apart so Michael Jackson could <laughs> masturbate.
2: That was, was a climactic. Open, ass yeah. Out. It was a climactic moment for the, the movie and for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I couldn't figure out why that, when that scene got over, my pants were at my ankle.
2: <laughs> it's always been a dream for me just to like, have Michael Jackson stare into my anus.
3: What color is the is the glove at the end of this uh, play?
2: Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like five uh, alien gloves. Um, oh, but anyway, yeah, Ju- Julian's a fascinating guy. Uh, he's done a bunch. He did a uh, uh, what did he do? That wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia about like this generation of tap dancing outlaws. I think that was like produced by uh, Jackass. Uh, knoxville giant knoxville uh but he's done a bunch of things over then i know he was working on like a tiny tim uh document or a uh, biopic on tiny tim and like john Turturro oh, is nice. supposed to be do it yeah that, that guy was that guy had a weird life too you were and very
1: odd yeah he was
2: he was an odd yeah he was an odd one um anyway let's let's play this interview with uh julian nitzberg about uh his upcoming uh musical play for the love of a glove so we're here with the director producer playwright <laughs> julian is he's a renaissance man this guy yes, all-around renaissance man um and uh actors danielle and uh og yes hello from uh, Hi. From, from the new uh well, Julian's new uh, Michael Jackson, I guess, is it a musical or a stage play? Or both? It's
4: a stage musical.
2: A stage musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the Love of a Glove, an unauthorized musical fable about the life of Michael Jackson as told by his glove. That's how it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm really excited about it. Thank you for having yeah, us. It's been like a month away, right? January 25th, we hope. January
4: 25th. It. Yeah. At, wow. the, at the new Carl Sagan and Dream theater in Echo Park
2: Los Angeles yeah right over in, uh, over in Hollywood yeah oh uh, wow or in Echo Park yeah, I guess I guess. Anyway, is it? I guess technically it's Echo Park, but yeah, <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Anyway, happy holidays! I got you guys some uh, some chocolate coins, oh, thank some Hanukkah gelt. Oh. Yeah, yes, thank you. It's thank good. You. did you ever get that when you were a kid? Yes, yes. yes. That was yes. like that would be a gift my dad would give us for one night of Hanukkah. <laughs> it would be like yeah, it was like that's why Hanukkah just sucks. Uh-huh. It's like you get maybe one decent gift, yeah. but then yeah. you get like a pair of socks one day, or my dad would be like, "Here's some chocolate <laughs> coins <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like great. Yeah. Hanukkah guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, it's enjoy. better than Thank Hanukkah you. guilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's lots of guilt. And you're a bad son. <laughs> you only get one coin. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I think this is the first time you've been on Sick and Wrong. It is. Cause, it is uh it is. you're on the show that I did with Lenora called yeah. The Obscene Stairs. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think, I forget his name, but he was the director of the Devil and Daniel Johnston. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get him to come on too? Probably. He's one of my best friends and we write together a lot. That's that's another great documentary. And then uh, we were talking about the the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, which was a uh, Johnny Knoxville produced documentary that you did. And that that was great. I mean, you like didn't you spend like a like a year living out in West Virginia? A year and four months, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, and just hanging out with these guys. I, it's, criminals, getting my life
4: threatened, uh, <laughs> driving, riding in cars after people just like sniffed a lot of painkillers and be like, "Come on, check out my new car." Oh, I forgot to tell you, it doesn't have reverse and the brakes don't work. All right, <laughs> look how fast I can go. Like,
2: yeah, it's like a family of tap dancing outlaws, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jessica White was like the main tap dancer.
4: Yeah, but, but
2: he came from a generation of tap dancers. His father
4: was a famous local dancer. <laughs> yeah, and his father used to dance with Hassel Atkins. Yeah, and so they were. That's how I met of them. Father psycho Billy. Yeah, so I'm. I was doing a Hassel Atkins documentary. Who's this guy who basically was in 1956 when Elvis was. Uh, this, I always explain when Elvis was giving birth to rock and roll in 1956 Hassel was trying to kill it and um, was, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is singing romantic songs and he's
2: singing songs about cutting Just, people's heads yeah, off yeah redneck wow. psychotic hillbilly music really yeah, and yeah. The, the cramps actually covered a couple of the songs yeah. Oh. yeah so basically he was doing punk in 1956 like one man oh, yeah. band. he was like a
4: Gigi Allen of like rockabilly kind of yeah. He was another person who threatened to kill me.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a long list yeah. Yeah. of yeah. people here. But are the best in people. But, uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> you know what? When you're hanging out with bipolar hillbillies, it's kind of tough and
2: he'd gone seven straight days without sleeping and um and, yeah yeah yeah. it takes a toll on you, you know? yeah um, I remember one of my f- uh, favorite memories of hanging out with Julian is we went and saw the Reverend Bob Larson do a live exorcist at a hotel <laughs> like right at a, or live exorcism right at a hotel right outside of LAX like right near yeah. LAX and your dad was there mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great it was like a big group of us <laughs> yeah. and your dad and like he's sitting there pulling people from the audience like trying to get the devil out of them him. Yeah, <laughs> was ridiculous. No, that guy, he got the he
4: exorcised that one really crazy bald guy. with yeah, that, that crazy bald Who I'm, I'm convinced that guy was a plant. I've been to so many of his exorcisms. It's not a plant. Like you think it's that was real? Plant. I don't know. So? There's
5: always a plant. You know what? That's how it works.
4: That guy was a, a rubber plant. I will, <laughs> I will. I will. I will. T- he's coming back in January. Is he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should go again. Do you know who Bob Larson is?
5: No, but no. I know it's a plant.
4: So he, he's this guy who yeah. made his name in the 70s because he was the guy who said all rock and roll is evil. And he was uh-huh. the leading guy who was like
2: leading protests against Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, he was, okay. like Sabbath, uh-huh. he was against Black Sabbath. Uh, he was against Ozzy. He was against like all heavy metal at the time. I just
5: learned about Marjo. Marjo Gordon. Yes, he's another. He was some I sort love of charismatic Marjo. preacher. And then later he's like, it's all a fraud. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started <laughs> sort of did some acting in the 70s.
4: He was great. Yeah, the documentary on him is great. Yeah, so. he's a, another one. But
2: so um Yeah, but Bob Bob's daughters are even in the exorcism game, right? I talked to people there the who exorcism were like Exorcism game Like
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that exorcism bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: I mean that guy was amazing. Like no this guy like hit, when his demon came out he started fighting Bob and Bob's a guy in his 60s yeah, there were like three guys or four guys holding it, him down yeah yeah um, oh. and um, yeah the demons come out and will attack Bob and so it's like it's like <laughs> the best of Christianity the best of professional wrestling
2: yeah it's kind of melded <laughs> together it is yeah <laughs> like the, the w- social w- dynamics Church. in the room if, yeah if it's if you indicated. love The
4: Exorcist and you love Mexican wrestling you
2: you gotta, you gotta tell uh, me where he's gonna be in January. I'll definitely I think go he's check back in Pasadena. I, I subscribe oh, okay. to his yeah. newsletter. So. Oh, wow. Um, Some
5: place with a lot of seats, like what, the convention center
0: or
2: something? No, he doesn't attract that many it's, people. Uh, yeah, he'll think it's like a oh, handful wow. of people and then he goes out and tries to sell you his like special exorcism cross and his like special exorcism Bible. That's, a, that's what it is. Oh. It's like a scam. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But oh, sure. I gotta say, it is, I mean, whether or not these people are plant and they're actors or whether it's real, it's a spectacle uh, it's it's uh, definitely something to see
4: uh, yeah. thats hilarious. I, I mean I've talked to people who because I've gone to a lot of the exorcisms and I've talked to people they're like oh yes I was exercised and you know like just random people there and this woman was like I I really, Bob is amazing. I brought my gay friend, he was really struggling with his sexuality and I told him it was just- Get the
2: gay demon out. It was like, I told (laughs) him
4: it was just his demons. Like this woman (laughs) talked to me for 20 minutes. She was like, and I had no idea because I took him and then it turned out I was the one who had a demon and I had no idea. And Bob <laughs> found my demon and now I've been studying with Bob for six months and, not, and giving him a lot of money. I say um, how much Because yeah, 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 yeah. he has classes that you can sign oh, up yeah, for. Yeah, was, and yeah. she was just like, and my friend who is gay,
2: he didn't find any demons in him. <laughs> you know, Bob Larson should have probably exercised Michael Jackson. He could, could have, have got the demons have. out. Yeah, <laughs> and it might, it might have turned the story might have turned out differently. Oh, one last Bob Larson story. Um, we went, and
4: after I probably that day when you came afterwards, like I had a couple of friends who came, one of whom was Eva. Do you know Eva? Oh yeah, one? Eva was there. Yeah, yeah. And Eva's a very attractive woman, and and they were all like, "Let's take a picture with Bob." Bob was like, "I'll take a picture with you." And she said, as he was posing with the two women, he totally did the accidental butt graze. Of <laughs> <laughs> not
2: surprised. <laughs> I'll take a picture with you. He was just checking for demons. Yeah, no, that's how it works. Butt demons. Butt demons.
0: But so, demons.
2: Your controversial new stage play here. For the love of the glove. Um. It's interesting. I don't think there has been a, a take on the Michael Jackson story quite like this. But I, you claim here that MJ's history of child sex abuse is due to a glove-shaped alien forcing Michael Jackson to feed on boys. Uh, <laughs> is that, that, is that a, a
4: good summary? That, that simplifies <laughs> about a two and a, half, a two and a half hour show to, <laughs> to its most salacious um, uh, talking point. Uh, it's a much more complicated show. You guys talk about it. I don't know. You're, going, you're on the roll. It's uh, much, much more complicated. <laughs> it's, I mean, it does It does stem from a, network, a TV network. You know, I write biopics for TV networks, and they reached out to me to write Michael Jackson it came story.
2: Up? Yeah, I was going to ask you what inspired you.
5: It's actually inspired... Right. When I'll, did they ask you to write it? That's my question. It was... Because there were a few... Yeah. There were a couple...
2: It was
4: almost, I think I looked through my emails. It was like 15, 17 years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That long ago. Yeah, to give you the long version of the story. which do Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a freak <laughs>
4: podcast.
0: Yes. Daniel's like, I've heard this yeah. before.
4: <laughs> the short, okay. The, the, the cliff shor- notes. The shortest version was actually one network asked me, th- this is where the original idea came from. They said, we have this new story. Someone broke into the Motown Museum. And stole Michael Jackson's glove. Oh my god! And um, I know it was gone for two weeks. It um, uh, they uh Why am I spacing out his name? Um, the rapper who always wore the, the harem pants. Um,
6: oh, MC oh, Hammer?
4: Hammer. MC Hammer offered a hundred thousand oh dollars for its return. What? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Wait, where? What museum was it still at? The Motown, the Motown Museum. Motown Museum, the Motown oh, museum in, you know in Detroit.
5: Yeah, it's like uh, Judy Garland or whatever. Who was the one in Wizard of Oz? Judy Garland. Judy. Yes, yeah, her red Garland. shoes were stolen. Judy, Judy, Judy. She, they, they were from a small town in Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. and there's a little museum there. And I think her shoes, same someone thing, lifted
2: disappeared
4: her shoes. or something. Yeah,
2: the red
5: That ones. has to be fact checked. But there was a whole thing of them going missing, and now they're back.
4: Yeah, so this was kind of like that. And they, and then they returned, and they said, "Can you write a movie about this?" wait someone just returned about the, the club. gloves, yeah. Colin? Yeah, and I was like,
6: left it on the doorstep.
4: Yeah, like they (laughs) mailed it back. Uh What about the hundred grand from Hammer? They they never claimed the hundred grand. Oh, (laughs) oh, wow, that is fascinating. And I kind of was just like, "Are you guys fucking with me?" (laughs) And and I was like, "You want a serious story on this? Like, you know nothing else?" They're like, "Yes." So I went home and I started working on it, and I started coming up with the initial idea that this glove was an alien being that was kind of like. The ring in Lord of the Rings, like soon as you put it on, Which it just evil, starts, yeah. it starts affecting you oh, in wow. evil ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it gives you the amazing talent of Michael Jackson, and um, and so the original, earliest version of it was. This guy keeps coming to the Motown Museum and it's hypnotizing him like the ring from Lord of the Rings. And then one day he steals it and puts it on and he's this fat white guy. And the fat white guy suddenly can dance and sing like Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) But he does find himself occasionally walking by elementary schools and doesn't know why. And it gets weirder from there. And of course, they didn't want to make it. What was the reaction (laughs) of the network? network? Were they just like, what the hell? They are like, can you do a serious version? I'm like... A story about Michael Jackson's love <laughs> being stolen? Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is about as
4: serious as you can do. This yes. is serious.
2: So, and then
4: a couple years later, another network asked me to do another story. And I was just like, listen, no one can explain what was really going on in Michael Jackson's yeah. life. Like, who explains him buying the elephant man's bones? Nobody. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta go weird. And so that's kind of the origin. And over the years... I kept thinking about my take on it, and then finally, I was like, "I want to write this as a stage musical." So, and it's all original music. No, okay. Yeah, so music. you can't
2: use any, even with like a like something that's satire. You can't like parody a Michael Jackson song, like Weird Al did.
4: We didn't want to. We wanted to. Want to do all original music that was part of the musical and tells the story. So, um, oh, okay, all right. So it's like, and okay. it's a lot. It's about a lot more. You guys, but can, the
5: songs are great. I the
4: think. songs are really
5: good, though.
6: Yeah, they are. They go with the story and they and the, the vibe and the feel and the energy that they have. Like, it's pretty. And the words they in this to the song. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you write all it the
4: goes lyrics? There. Yeah. And but you, who wrote the music? A um, uh, composing team I'm friends with: um, Drew Erickson, Nicole Morier, and Max Townsley. Oh, wow, that's cool. And uh, they're it, ama- do you
2: guys sing in the uh, in yes, the, in, yes. In, in the musical? Yes.
5: yes, we sing. We do puppetry.
2: Mm-hmm. We yeah. act. That's that was the uh, the, my next question. So what what made you uh, decide to do the play with puppets? And these are these are like Japanese bunraku puppets, right? Yeah, they're full body size,
4: like basically Michael's puppet is life size. Um, So it's what four foot ten at least, yeah, at least Um, Danielle.
5: And there's hand puppets too. yeah,
4: Yeah, Danielle works three different.
5: Puppets? I am a hand puppet, and I'm two body puppets.
4: She's Hazel Gordy, Barry Gordy's daughter, who marries Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson's wife, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's um, Emanuel Lewis mm-hmm. Webster, yes. Yeah, oh, no. I, yeah, yeah. That's Spending great.
5: my days losing track <laughs> of the ways, They're <laughs> getting caught up. You know, you know it. <laughs> Love was I've never, never that in brought years.
4: up. Everybody. <laughs> um, And she's also one of the evil aliens because there's five aliens. I don't know that I would call
5: myself evil. I have goals and things I want to accomplish, but I don't see myself
2: as evil. Driven. yeah. 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 Well, what about you, OG? Who do you play? I play Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson, Michael's father. The father of
0: Yes.
2: He is. so had you done puppetry before or was this your I first I have never done puppetry time, huh? other than you
5: know having a puppet theater as a kid in preschool and I was nervous about it and then we had a week of puppet camp which was great put away all my fears I love doing the puppets now
2: Oh, you had puppet camp with like puppet trainers yeah, that had, came out and showed you how to do it. Yes. I mean, is it difficult? I mean these are those are they seem unwieldy. They seem very large.
5: <laughs> well, some of them the body ones, some of them strap on. I'm doing quick change, so mine it is there's just some strength and grounding involved, but they're not uh I'm not dancing with them on. You know, oh, okay. other people are doing even more. But after the week of we had puppet theory where they sort of explain like dispel what you think puppets are or you know your what we you know what we usually think of as puppetry here and then you're just sort of starting from the ground up learning like basics you know grounding your puppet connecting with your puppet making it focus things like that
0: the usual.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so wait, is Joe a... Jackson a puppet as well, or no, is he a character? I'm the okay. only one in the show with no pu- I <laughs> and we I, have I,
6: puppet. I, I don't. I yeah, I have puppet experience, but I don't do any puppets. What, what's your puppet
2: experience? <laughs>
6: Um, I used to go around in school in uh, schools and and do like a, a nutrition show like a puppets. ventriloquist uh, No, oh, no, it was okay. a whole like body puppets And oh. like I would be like the guy coming looking for a job and then I'd run into these puppets But we all change roles like depending <laughs> on like if somebody is sick and like and all that the actor so, so I you just, just learned so they were how hand to puppet. puppets, body puppets, all kinds of different kind of puppets, you know oh. Yeah,
2: so, so what inspired you to do a puppet? Play like? Have you ever done puppets? Worked with puppets before? I hadn't. I mean, as a kid, I had. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, who I,
4: hasn't? But yeah, right. yeah, I just think I'd seen a lot of puppetry in Chicago and just loved puppetry more than real people. And um, <laughs> and you know, when I was thinking about the show, the so the first act is all Jackson Five era and the second act is just Michael Jackson the year he makes Thriller so we don't go into like the really dark years of Michael it's so obviously. you don't go into like the leaving Neverland yeah. years we don't get the into the Conrad
5: him. Murray no. years yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> we
0: imp-
4: we imply what we know is going to happen in it but um, but our Michael is a very different Michael our Michael is the Michael we wish existed uh, so, and who we wish had been controlled by aliens. Um, and, <laughs> he might've been. You never know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> He was kind of a weird dude. And, and if you understand that aliens <clears throat> were doing all the weird things that Michael was attributed to,
2: you feel a lot better about Michael's career. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that was one thing I was wondering if like the alien glove is your like coping mechanism to rationalize the fact that he's kind of a creepy dude. Or it became one. Well, I mean that's when they asked me to write this. I
4: was just like, I can't explain this. But you know, and I'm I grew up as a giant Michael Jackson fan. Like as a little kid I was watching the Jackson Five cartoon all the time. And um and
2: so at the, the end of the thriller day- changed my life. When I was a kid, that was like one of the coolest things I had ever seen up oh, until yeah, that point. Like good. I never really even knew about horror movies at that point, point. and then I saw that, and it was like me and my sister like wore out two VHS tapes. Oh yeah, doing <laughs> yes, it was like yes. I mean the making that's a thing. Of thriller, the he was VHS such an tape. icon, I mean, and he played a role in all of our lives. Yeah. but it was weird to see what he became in the '90s. Like, what was your reaction? Yeah. When you saw like, what's going on with well, Michael Jackson I these days? I always
5: wanted to, you know, they were like American royalty. Yeah. And then I mean, especially for black people, they were always in the magazines and we mm. just lived by, you know, they got to live in California and they had a pool and,
0: <laughs> you know, the
5: latest and greatest of everything.
2: And so, so talented.
5: You know, so I, I I, guess at the time I was just like, okay, I see the surgeries happening, but it's easy to sort of say like, well, it's a freaky life. You yeah know, I you mean just, it's it like he's a celebrity the, yeah exactly yeah. it was like easy to sort of be like well I guess there's plausible deniability of blah 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 back then
2: and, and it was also you know you're limited to how much you knew because oh, there's no exactly. internet yeah. there's, exactly. you know, we didn't know yeah, back, about a back, lot back of then those. for
6: me I was more like when he, I, when he was little I was like oh he looks like me a little bit you know little he chocolate boy afro. and all that yeah the afro <laughs> and then as I got older I was like well, he's not so
0: chocolatey anymore.
6: (laughs) Okay, he doesn't look like me as much. And um, and so I started separating. But I love the music still, but I didn't identify with him as much. I was like, he's not chocolatey. And I will say (laughs) that
5: the vitiligo thing, now it's like, oh, people have vitiligo, like models and like America's... Like if Michael Jackson hadn't had the vitiligo, back then it was like, he ain't got no vitiligo. And then as time has gone on, people have sort of acknowledged like, oh yeah, that's a real thing. And you know, blah, 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 like the girl who won America, or she I don't know if she won it, but she was on America's Next mm-hmm. Top Model and she's not doing any makeup or anything to cover it. But it's like, I kind of feel like that wouldn't have been possible if the word vitiligo hadn't kind of gotten into the mainstream, because of the Michael Jackson thing.
2: Yeah, because people had heard. I don't think people really fully comprehended what that meant. Yes. At the yes. Time. I didn't know what it meant. I was just I like, I actually okay. had it when I was like younger for like a stint of my time.
6: Mm-hmm. And they had to talk to my school and tell all the students oh, not wow. to treat me different and all that because I had these like skin, like light. But it's like ways. splotches, like, yeah. like light yeah. little areas. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents would take me to the doctors and find out. And then all of a sudden, when it just my skin just like matched and I, the doctors didn't know why oh but yeah. and they were just like okay go home now but uh, but yeah the was school Was it
4: because you stopped masturbating? Probably <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Probably
0: Yeah <laughs> Yeah I, remember. I, I always remember I was like it's getting everywhere it's, it's
6: getting it's turning my skin colors <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so what are your sentiments on that documentary that came out Leaving Netherland Did you guys see I it? I
5: have it Keep until I delete on my VCR, DVR. Are you kidding me? Because I knew, like, yeah, you don't know. You might not be able to get a copy of this.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's definitely. It's, you you might never. In the making. You, well, that's the thing. Like the Jack, that's one, one thing I was wondering about your your play. Like the Jacksons are like very litigious, and yeah. I heard they were suing HBO and they were suing. So, were you right. at all worried about some kind of lawsuit that could happen? I mean, we hired an attorney. Oh, okay. early on to
4: like re, uh, a First Amendment attorney to read the script and vet it and be like okay you know and she basically said you know Jerry Falwell versus Larry Flint were protected yeah. under, under satire, under satire right. rules yeah. and went through everything that like could be you know causing trouble but I think when people come to see a show where it's an alien glove controlling Michael Jackson, they
2: might know not everything's true. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, I think they also like appreciate the comedy behind it. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but, but in all honesty, do you think he did all those kids? Listen. I've never had wanted to have sleepovers with
4: 10-year-olds. With that's
2: all I'm saying. Well, that's I like- what blew my mind about that. It's like the parents were just like, yeah, here's a stranger. I'll leave my five-year-old with this guy. six Who would do that? That's why there was... I mean, yeah. the parents are definitely culpable. Well, that's
5: what's interesting about the documentary and the Oprah follow-up special is that it's a process of people trusting. These were kids that were like, I'm a super talented dancer. And, so there yeah. was always a professional... Reason that they were around each other. In
2: the stage parents. And
5: then it's sort of gradually like, hey, I'm mentoring, you know, like it, when you see it happening in slow motion, you might not notice it in real time. Because it's not like, I'm pulling up in a dirty van. You know, it's not that. It's with like, candy. <laughs> puppies. Yeah.
4: No, you're pulling up in the dirty van at my house with puppies. <laughs> and candy. And
2: candy. So wait, does the alien glove drive a dirty van? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: well, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. no.
5: But no, it is, it's about, I mean, it's not, I think the show itself, it's not just about like that moment. It's about the whole thing of them getting in the, the Jackson 5, getting into the music industry. And there's a lot of stuff about Motown and, you know, Pat Boone. Donny and, Osmond. Yes. You know? Yep. Yeah.
2: I was going to ask you about that. Cause you also go into uh, Michael Jackson's uh, backgrounds of Jehovah's Witness, which yeah, is a, a, lot a lot of people kind of overlook that. But I mean such an oppressive religion had to have had an effect on him well that's you know you know whenever i'm writing something the
4: things i think about are like what's the religious background of the person what's the economic effects on them and then like what are the societal effects whether it's anti-semitism racism etc and with this story those became major things is okay what religion did he grow up in he grew up in a super homophobic anti-sex religion which is jehovah's witnesses and Jehovah's Witnesses teach you from when you're a little kid that if you masturbate, it can turn you gay. And <laughs> really, yeah. yeah, I've never heard uh, that. Wow. Yeah, so that's our the fourth song in the show is about yeah. that. And basically, Catherine's telling him if you ever masturbate, you're going to turn gay. <laughs> and um and um and Jerry Minor, who plays um, Thrilla the 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 main glove in it, was raised Jehovah's Witness. Oh wow. Yeah.
5: And, and yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, he was in a documentary too about it. Jerry was. Yeah, he. And it's much more of a cult. That, I, even as a kid, I remember that thinking like, Ah, Jehovah's Witnesses. That's because it was known that Catherine is a Jehovah's Witness, and sort of making them all do it.
2: I mean, that's the that's the door knocker religion, right? Them and the them. Mormons. Yeah, well, those yes. are Mormons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, one of them. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, so, you know, and but his brothers always teased him that he was a little girl because they obviously sensed Michael was probably gay. And, and so, you know, that one of our producers um, was the Jackson Five's tour manager back in like 68 when they started. And he was like, yeah, they used to always tease him that he was a little girl. So we're kind of getting into, you know, what is a kid who's probably knows he's gay, who's being bullied by his siblings for being gay. And his mom is telling him if he ever masturbates, he'll be gay how does that affect his sexuality and his future Yeah,
2: his development and yeah. his development?
4: And yeah. you know, if you look at all these anti-sex religions that are all about oppressing your sexuality, obviously, a Catholic priest, etc., none of it turns out good. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you? Know. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it kind of, you can kind of understand how he came to be what he came to be. Yeah in a sense but i think wasn't it also like joe jackson was also really abusive and oppressive oh, and i think yeah oh, i mean then yeah. people yes. say like that's kind of what led to his stunted development as as an adult like he i mean that's how they explain it like he was very childlike and that's why he would have these sleepovers when he was like in his what mid-30s yeah which is weird yeah With like uh so yeah. it's, do you have is uh cory feldman a character in the uh Yes, yes he is. Yes. Right. yes, he is. Corey
4: and Emmanuel Lewis come over for Your a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, did he ever diddle either one of them? They, they
5: bo- say that he didn't.
2: Yeah, they both say denied, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Macaulay Culkin, is he in it? No. Oh, okay. No, that was later, though, yeah, right? Yeah, his that was name later, is Mark. briefly mentioned. In a song. Not a <laughs> <of that>. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you respond to critics who say you're making light of something very serious like people like have you had critics come forward and say like you know you're making a joke out of these serious accusations Uh, people like you know people always attack any kind of good social commentary
4: comedy for that kind of stuff like look at South Park you know same thing well my last musical which was you know 11 years ago was called The Beastly Bombing and it was a response to 9-11 and it was (laughs) yeah that must have gone over well and (laughs) and everyone in New York was like you can't do this musical too soon it's and and then we took it to all these theater companies here and everyone's like no one wants to see this and um and we ended up opening it here and it ran for a full year and won best musical of the year award but it was about two al-qaeda terrorists who come to new york to blow up the brooklyn bridge and when they get to the brooklyn bridge they meet two white supremacists who've shown up at the Brooklyn Bridge to blow it up also. (laughs) uh,
2: Where they um, like
4: have a common bond. And then in song, they both realize that they both equally hate Jews and become best friends. (laughs) And and comic hijinks go from there, including they're escaping from the police and they run into New York and the first clothing store they see because they need to get new clothes because the police have seen them is a uh, clothing store run by Hasidic Jews, and they run in. <laughs> this is like a Mel Brooks musical. <laughs> it sounds very like yeah. Mel Brooks yeah. ish, and they meet a Hasidic Jew who also hates Jews, just secular Jews, uh-huh. and um, and uh, they come out dressed as Hasidic Jews, and but it's all about you know 9/11 and Bush era terrorism politics and, and, and terrorism, yeah, politics. and you know the LA Weekly wrote up you know which was a great newspaper in his day wrote a great thing, like comparing us to this show at the Amundsen, which was also about Bush and nine 11. They are like, this show explains it all much better because it's funny and it's not trying to be serious. And it's like helping you process what really happened. And it's theories make more sense than trying to really understand what Bush was doing when he starts these wars in Iraq that have nothing to do with nine 11. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, people, you know, came week after week seeing the show like it was Rocky Horror. And and it's the same thing when I was thinking about Michael Jackson. It's like, how do we process Michael Jackson? Do we do it with a dreadfully dull,
2: serious drama? Or do we do it with comedy to, you know, process what but I think- Just to kind of understand it. I mean, that's that, I, guess, I guess that was my part. Well, my thing was like when Leaving Neverland came out, their radio stations were like, we're not gonna play Michael Jackson anymore. Right. And I was like, that's not fair. Like, to deny the music to people. Yeah. But then again, I mean, it's it's how people are processing it. And we will, you know, you know right. and to, to, I, I'm sure to
4: you guys, to me, who, like, grew up as a little kid loving Michael Jackson, and then, like, as a teenager loving Michael Jackson, how do you reconcile these two Michael Jacksons? There is, like, the great Michael Jackson of amazing music dancing and changing the world, like, and then there yeah. is this other Michael Jackson. And our comedy is a way to... You know, for me to process yeah. it and, like, still realize... Make sense of it. Make sense of and, it, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I mean, that's, what, that's what
5: true great comedy been, does. Uh, he's been dead for seven years now. So I think once a person is dead, it's different... It's fair game. Than, you know what I mean? When they're <laughs> alive somehow. You know, like, whatever, he's on the other side or whatever. I don't know what no. they believe in... Je- I don't even know that he... Remained a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, he I think he, he as I think soon as he, he left. got out of it.
2: Yeah, did he leave? Because like, the entire the, family, the family, left they all, all had to bit. live
5: there, and they would all just like get married to leave. Oh, you know, they would yeah. all be like, "I'm getting married. I'm 18. Bye." You know, <laughs> every single one of them, like Latoya. Yeah, it's like as soon as Janet, they can escape, they all got married when they were 18 because that oh. was like their way of leaving the house or having sex. <laughs> so if
4: uh, you had
2: If, if, you've if been, I like, could
5: only have sex When I got married I would have been married At 15 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's interesting Because that's almost Like a Mormon thing too Like all yeah. the people At Brigham Young And they all are married And they're like Super young And isn't yeah. it
2: arranged Like most of the marriages arranged No I thought, I thought
5: they And Mormons I, I don't thought with Mormons know,
2: They like no. know another family And it's all kind of Close within the church Kind of thing It's probably within the church But it's not like An arranged
4: marriage Like Like in, in India or something In right? India or something yeah right but um yeah i mean I, I did a lot of research into jehovah's witnesses and i read this one great book by this jehovah's witness woman who later became a comedian after leaving the church but she talked about how everyone just gets married at 17 or 18 cuz mm-hmm. they want to get laid and literally hmm. at their and they don't care it's like it's like when you're 17 or 18 if <laughs> well you can't masturbate yeah you can't <laughs> You're gay <laughs> and they said they literally say the vows and while everyone else starts to party they run upstairs and have sex just to get it over with and come yeah. back to the party because they've just been you know well what kind of party they're not allowed to drink are they Jehovah's Witnesses do drink oh they do they're, oh, they're okay so the Mormons they don't drinkers. yeah oh, okay. Mormons yeah, yeah. don't drink yeah so just going back to your thing like I think the comedy is pretty broad but it's also hopefully very intelligent and deals with I mean a big part of the show is also uh, dealing with Donny Osmond and the Osmonds who were created as Cultural, I mean, when you talk about cultural appropriation,
2: nothing could be more ridiculous than the Osmonds' creation. Explain yeah. that to me, because was there actually a rivalry between the Jacksons and or, and, and Donnie and Marie Osmond? Because I guess I must have missed this. I was probably a little too young at the time, but... what was So what happened? Do what you, uh, you guys want to talk about that? I mean?
6: I mean, I don't really know much. I just know
4: from... Like, did you I, know I, this I, during I, the time? I, I
5: always said the Osmonds were for people whose families wouldn't let them listen to a black band, you know, it's like, oh, hey, well, why don't you listen to the white version of that? That was always kind of my theory. And then it was borne out.
2: I mean, did they. I knew
5: that they had songs the that sounded alike. They like, copy
2: the style and the look and the, the dancing.
5: Yes, apparently. I knew they had a song that sounded exactly like it. And Donnie Osmond's thing was always, I'm a little bit, I got a little bit of Motown in my soul. They would always <laughs> bill him. Because so, Marie was a little bit country. And Donnie was a little Because I used to watch the Donnie and Marie show. They had a variety uh, show in the
2: uh, late 70s. The, did the Jacksons have a... Yes, oh, yes. Wow, the Jacksons had a variety
5: show too. Wow. So I think that's absolutely what it was. It's America. There's going to be the black version and there's going to be the white version and never the twain shall meet.
2: Well, it sounds like they're probably producers are like, this is, they, you know, the Jacksons a hot thing. We got to get another one. And so they like...
5: Yeah, bubblegum pop.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so basically to get deep into it, like the
4: Osmonds were originally a barbershop quartet. And they were performing at Disneyland, and they were performing oh. "Get Ready for It" minstrel songs. Oh and, my god, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know it. Is. It just gets worse. And, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you just like what I started doing. But and that they, had
5: to be what the sixth episode. Yeah, like, what this, year? It's way too late to be doing yeah. mis- <laughs> minstrel. <laughs> I hope they were in like yesterday land.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, come on, man. I, do, I, I just and watched all you
5: watch all those old Hollywood musicals. They loved to slip in a minstrel number, like it was just part of the rotation. They were a so- proud of it. They
4: were in song of the Southland. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's Uncle was being like, "And hey, here's some wonderful white children. I love <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> who also think slavery was great." <laughs>
4: oh <my God. laughs> um, yeah. Like basically, it was like. You know as I did my research as a white dude, but I started finding out like in the black press, everybody knew it, you know, like but the white press, no one talked about it. And um, and they were doing minstrel songs, they were on the Andy Williams show, mm-hmm. like being really cheesy. Mm. And um, and literally they went on tour. And I, I while I was following the timeline, they transition seemed to happen. They started being interested in doing more contemporary music and they went on tour with Pat Boone uh, Japan. Hey, oh my uh, God.
2: Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Sarah. they come back from Pat, from tour with Pat Boone and they get signed by this guy, Mike Curb. Do you know who he is? No. 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 So Mike Curb is like this evil right-wing Christian guy God. who ran as a Republican <laughs> for governor of California. And, um, and just like, Basically, he he took over. uh, What I forget, whatever label, what label was were the Velvets and Frank Zappa on? Um, Was it whatever label it was? Hmm. He kicked all the interesting bands off of it because he was like, "This is crap. We need good, you know, wholehearted, wholesome, Wholesome. like Like, wholesome music." I think he might have been involved with the Carpenters too. I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and so he's all about bland white
2: entertainment, and. (laughs) And he it's like Branson, Missouri, or something. They all end up in Branson. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. yeah, and so he signs the
4: Osmonds. He sends them down uh, to record at Muscle Shoals with Aretha Franklin's band. And um, and but suddenly she must have loved that. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and um, and suddenly they have a song called "One Bad Apple," and. Um,
2: and I do not even know that. I guess I don't oh, really I thought, know yeah, their know music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does it sound kind of Motown?
5: It sounds Motown? like ABC. It oh, sounds it, oh,
2: really? Exactly like the Jackson Five. Yeah, we were. I, I like the same melody, uh, more or less, mm-hmm. or just it's, same. it's a similar. Wow. One I mean, bad they, applicant. They used the whole to do that a lot, though, at that time. Just oh, yeah. copy riffs and copy the, mm-hmm. the melody to different songs. When the
4: Jackson F- this is true, it's yeah, in this sh- yeah. show, Catherine Jackson heard the record on the radio, Michael's mom, and said, oh my God, the Jackson 5 have a new song. Oh. And she thought it was the Jackson 5. There was, um, uh, on YouTube I found there was an Osmonds TV movie when they used to do like biopic TV movies. They and, had a t- oh okay, I
5: need to look that
4: up. Yeah, and they had their own one and, and it's produced by the Osmonds and you see them in the studio at Muscle Shoals and they're not getting a good song and the producer says why don't we give them that jackson five sounding Uh, song um wow and you're just like
2: so it's not unbelievable so did anybody ever call them out for it like did they i mean did obviously it must have been known in the black community did anyone come forward and be like what the hell are you doing copying yeah (laughs) yeah. like actual talented musicians
6: (laughs) uh I don't. I know nothing about the when I grew up. I didn't hear about
2: the Osmonds. Yeah, so I, I never. Yeah. I guess I I knew of the Osmonds. I just never knew their music.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Them as a group,
5: they were a little before my time, but I definitely remember Donnie and Marie. And it was a little bit creepy too because they were brother and sister, but there would be of yeah. mild flirtation banter.
4: Yeah, that
2: that was kind of weird. <laughs> they were stealing like sunny Cher's yes they were sunny yeah. chair. Um, and they were young too, weren't yeah, they, they? like they, like eight, they were like
5: I mean, it's great. It was the 70s. It's great variety. Just cheesy, horrible. Mm
2: -hmm. It's like Joni loves Chachi kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So part of the thing we get into
4: is, you know, not only are they doing the Jackson 5s act, they're dressing like them, they're Mm. learning to dance like them, but they're Mormons and Mormons. Oh, and they were Mormons. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who don't believe in masturbating because it can turn you gay. (laughs) um,
0: Oh, yeah. And
4: we're teaching the Mark of Cain doctrine. Do you know about that? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh,
2: with where you're branded with the mark of Cain? Cain killed Abel.
4: Yeah. God turned Cain a punishment he put a mark upon Cain. Yeah, it's what the Bible the mark says. Of the murderer. And but the mark is turning him black. And the Mormons taught that at the end of days, when Abel returns from the dead and Jesus returns from the dead, eventually the curse will be reversed and black people will finally turn white again
2: oh my god so <laughs> you yep, Mormons I mean Mormons were <laughs> like posthumously baptizing Jews that died in the holocaust really yeah, Anne Frank uh, they yeah. turned Ian uh, Frank into a Mormon my uh, father was a rabbi I just remember my father was so angry oh <laughs> he was just like oh god, no, the Mormons <laughs> just, no. I, I think they might be worse than the Jehovah's Witnesses
0: <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> so a big part of the thing is dealing with the fact that his rival who's stealing his act believes he'll turn white eventually. And Michael, when he gets fiddle starts going like, Oh my God. It actually could be happening. The mark yeah. of Cain is might be being lifted off of me right now. So, so wow. I mean, thematically, you deal with some very heavy issues. Our second number novels, the yeah. song, in the show is a song where the KKK comes on stage and sings. So it's <laughs> wow. um, so, they go there,
5: but yeah. <laughs> in a fun way.
2: Yeah, yeah it fun. sounds it's fun. So well, how did you guys find, come to audition for the role, or how did you find out about it?
5: I found out about it through a friend of a friend. Through a drag queen, I know.
2: You know Jackie Bede, right? But Jackie Bede, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Oh. Daniels and so, Nora.
5: And, and you?
6: Uh, one of the producers of the show uh, that I've known for a long time. Uh, called me up and told me he was like like, this is the perfect role he's like i think
7: i think you might like
6: this (laughs) (laughs) and i think i think you should be a part of this he's seen he's seen me acting and perform before so he says i have some people you need to meet and julie was like the first person i saw i was like hey and he's like go up and
2: do your thing (laughs) had you always wanted to play joe jackson (laughs) <laughs>
6: no, no. I, I always wanted to, I as soon as I found out about the show, I wanted to be a part of the show. Um, and when I contacted Julian and them, uh, I was like, you know, I didn't know what role really. I was like, uh, I'll, maybe I'll try this one. I, like about three or four roles, I thought, and like maybe, you know, just I wanted to be a part of it. Um, so and, and plus Joe Jackson, I knew, I don't know anything about Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> like an I, mean <laughs> I,
0: knew,
6: I knew about Michael <laughs> <You know? laughs> i didn't know about no joe <laughs> you know <laughs> i know joe didn't want that you know joe, joe wants some, joe the actual joe wants him you know he wants you to know about him too oh, but, yeah, yeah. but um so that's how i knowing about joe and everything and now having getting the character of joe i'm like i'm learning so much and uh but no i i didn't focus on just being joe but yeah, I just wanted to be a part Fair of this.
2: You're yeah. a, a really cool role. But yeah. you, like yeah, now Joe you have hilarious. the Joe mustache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just i going to comment on that.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's so Rest great about it. Rest in peace. Yeah. He's also
5: deceased. Let's just have a moment. Okay. A little bit of respect. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: The great thing about Joe is just every picture you look at him is like, you're dressing to be a villain in the story. <laughs> he, <only laughs> he, just looked, like... he just looked like he was angry. Just about to get mad at you. Yeah, he just you always know? looked like a villain. Like no matter what yeah. he did, like it's not like oh we'll get to know him. It's then. the
5: fedora. Is it the He's fedora? Wearing a fedora with like his collar up.
2: That's <laughs> uh, Who gets to play Tito? Tito in it. Wait, What kind of question?
0: <laughs> no, kind of, where did that come from? Tito.
6: Tito.
5: <laughs>
2: what about
0: Tito? <laughs> you remember Eddie Murphy
2: when he used to do his Michael Jackson impression?
0: It's like, Tito,
2: give me some tissue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite.
0: Tito is
5: actually a puppet.
2: Yes. Oh, Tito's it's a Justin, puppet. Right? Yeah, yeah.
5: The same guy who plays Donny Osmond is yeah. playing Tito such as it is.
2: Do you we, have all the Jacksons or in the movie?
4: In the show? We don't have any the the, the females the sisters aren't. In the so show. no Latoya, no Unfortunately, Janet. Unfortunately not, no Latoya, no Janet, <laughs> no Rebe. <Ruby>. Uh, <laughs> that would be like the eight hour version yeah. where we yeah. get. The, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean,
4: God, I wish I could do that version because I love Latoya so much. Uh, no, just she, like, she's great.
2: Well, Michael started looking a lot more like Latoya yeah.
4: later yes. on, or
2: vice versa. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because I don't
4: think, I don't know if you know this, like, basically, um, like, Michael hated his dad, and he hated that he was growing up to look like his dad and had his dad's nose. So the reason he had plastic surgery was he didn't want to look like his dad. So he got a new nose to look less like his dad. And his dad, like, I don't know how long, but right after that, finds out who Michael's plastic surgeon is, goes to him and goes, give me the same nose Michael has.
0: <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. That,
5: that is diabolical. That, that is
0: terrible. Joke. That is the
4: that terrible. <laughs> so like, yeah, Michael's like all happy with his new nose and Joe shows up and he's just like,
6: what happened to your nose?
5: <laughs> and then
4: Latoya gets the nose and yeah. then Janet gets the nose. Yeah. They all start getting the
5: nose. It was like the nose job that every black person was getting. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. you, you couldn't be in Hollywood in the 80s. Like,
5: you had to get a nose job.
2: <laughs> you wanted to work. sad. So, uh, you're, you're, it's opening January 25th. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's going to be in LA. Do you yeah. have plans to take it on a national tour? We're looking into where we're going next. We're
4: hoping to go to, you know, a, a new a bigger space at a certain point and then hopefully New York, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, wow. So, yeah. Isn't Michael Jackson getting his own Broadway show? <laughs> I was reading about this.
4: He is. Um, it's like
2: MJ the Musical or something.
4: Yeah, yes. and they kind of after the HBO documentary they stop for a little while mm-hmm. and no one knows how they're going to do the new the new musical but it's all authorized and we'll
2: see. It'd be great if you two were playing like they're on Broadway you were right, you're right <laughs> off Broadway at <Yeah>. the <laughs> same time. <laughs>
5: people I mean, getting it, mad because they got tickets to the wrong
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. April Fool's yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh that'd be amazing I well, mean, I'm, I'm all stoked. these jukebox I musicals see. are
4: so terrible no like, oh, they're, 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 they're awful they're, it's just like yeah. oh god and like who wants to see another bad jukebox musical <laughs> mm-hmm. I
2: mean that's the thing it's like I'm surprised they don't like just do a hologram or something they do you know? oh, yeah. do, do they already I, have I, that too the Rory Orbison hologram has been. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised uh, they do yeah, it yeah. like in, yeah, in Vegas, was like a, like a Michael thing. Jackson hologram. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. So, I will see. Well, I'm I'm excited to check it out. So, I'm definitely gonna, definitely gonna get tickets. And uh, and 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 actually, I I advise all LA listeners to go uh, check out for the love of the glove. Um, and everybody else, uh, just uh, go to the website for the dot and you can find out if the show will be playing in their city. Yeah, you can imagine uh, you can imagine. hear some
4: songs. Uh, we've got one song up already: "World's Greatest Superstar." Um, nice. We're we'll probably going to put "Don't Masturbate" up soon, which is another song from the show. I might
2: end the show with that one. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, that's a good one.
5: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> she's an amazing singer too. There's a lot uh, of really amazing talent in the yeah. show. For as yeah. like crazy as the premise seems, like people are the real deal.
4: Yeah, I'm pretty blown away. Like when I at auditions, I was just like, wait, that person's great. That person's great. That person's great. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, normally at auditions, you're like, well, I guess I can try and work with that person. (laughs) 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 And then like I've got like these these like titans of comedy, you know, like
2: in the show who are just like every day, I'm just like, they're funnier than the script, you know? I mean, was it difficult to decide? Yeah. Like, I mean, did, did you turn anybody down that wanted the role? I mean, were there like famous people trying to get in on this? We didn't have uh, famous people, but we had amazing... Like accomplished. Accomplished. Uh,
4: yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, Danielle's been like in tons of shit. And, and OG is also a really well-known... An, mostly animation mm-hmm. actor, so
0: yeah. Can, and it, are you such, allowed to
4: talk
2: about that?
6: Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Spider Man and Monster High, all that stuff. Oh wow,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess that's the thing. I mean, in Los Angeles, there's so, so many people with like such varied backgrounds, and uh, mm-hmm. you've been in so, so many different productions. It's got to be tough. A lot of competition.
4: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know? Danielle was on Mad TV. Jerry was on Saturday Night Live and Mr. Show.
2: You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, and you know, tough you
0: got, town. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So. Well, I'm very stoked, okay. thanks for being on the show. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for, for coming down. Us. Yeah, it's yeah. been a lot of fun talking to you guys and uh, people. You definitely have to go check out "For the Love of uh, of a Glove," yeah, unauthorized musical fable about the life of Michael Jackson is told by his glove. Thank you. Definitely yeah. want to check it out. Um, happy New Year! Happy Holidays! Yes. Happy Holidays! Yeah. Happy New Year! So, Steele, do you ever sometimes think about your child on Christmas Eve and how, with the proper, like if the kid had a proper father figure, he could have been the next Michael Jackson?
0: This is a weird
1: segue from a play called Love of the Glove, where Michael Jackson is molesting children. Uh, are you talking about my black baby?
2: Yeah, your child. It's sleazy, I don't know if you've heard this story, but, I mean, we've, we've spoke about the miracle birth probably the past five years yeah. on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, you
2: yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I know. So uh, we probably don't have to rehash the whole story. Steel could probably no, summarize no. it. But Steel, <laughs> <laughs> was it? I think it's maybe my own revisionist history, but did it actually happen, the miracle birth, on Christmas Day?
1: No, but it was very close. I can't remember the exact date, but I can assure you it was like within days of December 25th. So it was around. around,
2: Okay. All right. All right. I thought I made that
1: up. That's that's why it's considered the miracle birth because (laughs) it's during the season as well. Not just the fact that it was a white couple giving birth to a black baby, but. (laughs) The fact that it happened during the festive time of the year and in, in which we know is uh, the Christmas season.
2: And so, you were
3: one of the wise men.
2: Well, he did I, wise yes, up that I, day.
1: Well or unwise men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
2: so steel, how long had you been with this with your were you guys married?
1: No. You no, weren't married. But, no, we were we were together about two years, maybe. Two okay, two, and two years.
2: years. Yeah. And uh did you have any inkling that she might have been having an affair?
1: I, I think I had an inkling that we were both <laughs> not faithful to one another. <laughs> uh, and when I found out she was pregnant, I kind of, you know, there was part of me thinking this, might because the circumstances kind of didn't add up. I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is mine or not, but we we stayed together. And <laughs> I wanted to be in that delivery room to make sure... Uh, that that wasn't my kid, and it <laughs> popped out not being my kid.
0: He <laughs> was the evidence.
1: Actually, she cheated with a black guy and not a white guy. It would have been a lot tougher to figure it out.
2: <laughs> well, it depends on what the kid looked like. If he came out looking like Doug Warsaw or something, then you would have known.
1: You yeah, know. or a frog, Kermit the Frog, with big bug eyes and
2: Mike, bug beard, just with Mike Martin's teeth. Like,
1: yeah, like put it back
2: in. So wait, that so you you were prepared though to be a dad, right?
1: I was prepared either way. Whatever happened happened. My going into it, my mindset was I hope this isn't my kid. <laughs> and I hope it's a different color because it's going to be way funnier. Cause I was I go into everything with the, the comedic aspect in mind. Like I want a good funny story, and this turned out <laughs> funnier than I could have possibly imagine, imagined. so it, it is, all worked out. It is for
2: hilarious. Me. So when when the yeah. baby came out, where the doctor's uh, like, oh shit.
1: Well, like, the doctor was, but the because the, there's like nurses, assistants, or nurses, or I don't know what the hell all their titles are in there. There's like 800 fucking people in a birthing room. Like it's like, why are all these fucking people in here? but there's a there's a lot of chaos going on and the two like the two females that were on each side of her pussy <laughs> when the, the the black baby popped out of her vagina. They both looked at me when the doctor grabbed it and they said, congratulations. Well, the doctor's mouth dropped open because he immediately realized this was not a black, or this was not a all white child. This was a mixed baby. And me and the girl that was giving birth were whiter than fucking Casper the ghost.
3: So... Well, definitely on that day, you were like Casper the ghost. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> And the doctor, like his mouth dropped, like and he looked at the two girls, like shaking his head, like oh, I, I don't, let's not, I don't think this is, a, like trying <laughs> to tell them t- without verbally saying it in front, like I don't think this is his <laughs> this kid, is, his kid. <laughs> is what he was trying to do in a non-verbal manner to the, the uh, his assistants around him, Whoop. and of course I'm like kind of chuck, like I'm. Yeah, my head down, like, oh, my God, this is sad. Like, if we only had cell phone cameras back then, it would have <laughs> went viral. Videotape the moment. Yeah. Where were you standing?
2: Oh, yeah. Were you standing, like, in front of the vagina so you saw the kid coming out? Or, yeah, or were you I was, standing behind I was looking her?
1: Right over the doctor's, yeah, I was looking right over the doctor's shoulder when that fucking oh, thing popped God.
2: out. I would not want and to
3: see your, that. Yeah, it was amazing. You had your baseball mat on your hand ready? <laughs> ready to catch? <laughs> yeah.
1: So when the yeah. baby first That's came out... signals.
2: So, did, what did she say? Was she like, oh, I'm sorry?
1: Well, or she just was quiet? Kinda I mean, she was uh, kind of dope. Like, a lot of people oh, yeah, yeah. who give birth, they, they get doped up. Like, they get a spinal tap, like, in their, whatever they call it. Were they upper yep. epidermal? Where an you, epi-
2: yeah, an epidermal. So,
1: yeah, like, a, it, it, so she was kind of, like, she wasn't even really with it. Like, she was pretty much out of it when she was giving birth because of the pain. So... But, you know, so and she didn't come to for, I don't know, several hours later or the next morning or whatever is when she was kind of more alert. She was was, um, really reserved. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. She didn't really – it was very awkward. It was way more awkward for her than it was for me because I I, I thought it was all funny. She thought that it was like like this was – I think she was hoping it was gonna be mine, but she kinda of knew that <laughs> this video might not be Wow. <clears throat> Just that. And yeah, no she,
3: apologies you know. or nothing.
1: Not like an all out not at that time, like later on, like because I we still like fucking hung out for a little little while after that, but it was she kind of apologized to me kind of in a backhanded you know, not not a real like full fledged like. Hey, I'm sorry, I took a black cock, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I didn't. But the thing is, is I didn't require it. A apo- like I. I, I yeah, didn't yeah. Well, it sounds one, like you didn't care. So, you weren't really vested. Yeah, I wasn't because I wasn't gonna. I mean, she maybe wanted. She certainly wanted a much more serious thing after two years. She was pushing marriage like long before this. Well, that's not going to happen but, now. Yeah, yeah, not. And that was your, thing, uh, as it turns out, yeah. That was your option out
3: there, right there.
1: Exactly. I, that's kind of what I saw it as. Like, well, this—I don't even have to let her down. I don't even have to say I don't like you. I want to leave. This is pretty much giving me a free ticket to get the hell out of here. Well, did you? So it kinda did you out for
2: me. kick her out of the trailer, or did you leave the trailer?
1: Uh, I left the trailer. (laughs) So did you,
2: the next day, did you just like after, so she was probably in the hospital for like a day at least, right? Two days?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I think she was pretty much out there. They don't keep you around very much anymore. As long as the baby's healthy, they pretty much shove you out the door. So I think it was probably the next day she was out of the hospital.
2: And so were you at home? Like, did people have like a, you know, what do they do? Like a, hey, congratulations, you have a baby. And like her mom's there and all that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no her mom, her. she didn't have any family she was from she lived in saginaw at the time and her family was from another part of the state and they weren't no they weren't here they they weren't here when when she got out of the hospital at home so there was none of that fanfare of although it would have been way better <laughs>
2: that would like, have been hilarious shocked. with like a big sign yeah. up like hanging on the ceiling like welcome yeah, home, we with come baby. home and
1: she's holding a black baby <laughs> and it's, and it's, <laughs> it. it would have been way funnier and had I done it right and planned ahead accordingly, I would have maybe invited my family <laughs> to show up and say, hey, yeah, we're bringing home the baby. Like, but my family didn't even really know this was going on.
2: Your mom didn't even know she was pregnant?
1: No, my, my, I didn't tell my family about it at all because I, I knew that there was – I didn't want to get everything because I didn't – I was 50-50 on whether you know, <laughs> okay, this was mine right. or not. I just didn't realize it was going to be black. So.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So anyway, when uh, she came back home, were you still there, still around, or did you leave that day?
1: No, I, I think I hung around enough to get settled back in. I think I ate some. She had some. She always kept because she had two other kids. Oh, she had two other kids too. Ones. That yeah, were, were they oh, also uh, black? White ones.
2: Oh, they're oh, white. No, they were white.
1: <laughs> And uh, she had great cereal. The kids ate, like, that sugary cereal shit. So I think I got her settled in, and then I ate, like, half a box of her whatever Fruity Pebbles or whatever, and then left. And
2: then you're gone. And and so you hung out with her, like, every now and then, but then it just sort of, like, died out, or you guys kind of...
1: Well, I, I hung out with her, you know, we still banged a little bit and this and that, although I'm sure she was stretched out with my little white wiener and the big black, <laughs> you know, monster she took inside her to have the baby. I'm sure I was not even satisfying her in the least bit by that point, but uh, we still banged a little bit and whatnot. But I mean, it was, it was, a go- it was going nowhere. Let's put it that
2: way. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's a Good Christmas, time. it's a Christmas miracle, really. And so you've mm, never, yeah. you've never contacted the kid or found out anything about like what happened? Because he could be, like, now he could be, like, a famous trap musician or something.
1: He could be. I have no idea. I mean, (laughs) I, I honestly have not even, you know, tried to look into it in any way, shape, or form. So, and I don't know, you know, he's probably changing, you know, I don't know if his name, if she settled on, I don't know if she ever put a name on the birth certificate. And if she did, like, I don't, quite frankly, I'm not even sure she knew who the father was. Right. I don't know if there was, there could have been more than one black guy. I, I have no idea.
2: Well, so, you know, people say that Jesus was black. So Virgin Mary, you know, could have had sex with somebody who was also black and then gave birth to a black child. That's,
1: but she didn't probably know who possible. the father
2: was. Yeah, that's true. Right. So it is Thanks kind of Christ. a miracle birth. <laughs> in a sense.
1: It's very much a miracle. <laughs>
2: And Maybe. that was that was pretty much your closest uh is that the closest you've ever came to being a father? Uh
1: well closest I've ever come to being uh married, yes. Yeah, married. I mean well there was another girl after that I dated for about two years that was about you know, almost pushing marriage as well. But I How many black kids did she too. have? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she had a she had a uh, Saint Bernard, I know that <laughs> Wow. That would have been a miracle birth, giving birth to a... <laughs> that yeah. would have
2: been a, a, a true miracle birth. Oh, God. Yep. You know, the, the story of the miracle birth, of Steele's miracle birth, never ceases to amuse me. So it's always a good thing to have on the holiday show. It's become like a tradition on the Sick Wrong holiday show.
1: I don't, know why I, mean, I don't know why we have to keep retelling it it's the same story every fucking year. About. And I thought at the beginning of this one tonight, I said, I don't think we need to go into it again. We've got, we've got. And we went into it for 10
2: minutes. And, and no, it was a good segue because, you know, we talked about Michael Jackson being a pedophile right into Steele's black child.
3: Exactly the same.
2: Great, great segment. <laughs> it, it Definitely worked. Well, it wouldn't be a holiday show without the story of the miracle birth. I mean, that's what it is. Um, you know, I do have a. Let me play one quick phone call, and uh, we'll kind of wrap this up here. So, this guy sleazy. You might you might remember these these uh, the vagrants that lived behind me in my old apartment. But this yeah. guy was asking about it.
0: Yo. What is up, my dudes?
2: what the hell was that? Yo, D, I have a
1: question for you, dude. Oh my gosh, dude! Fucking dog chill the hell out. Uh, question, yeah, D. Do you still have that audio? <laughs> well, the the vagrants that were taking in some kind of like place they were living in, like the laundry of your old place. Freaking, you know, like dude was eating the chick out or something and she had like her thighs over the ears <laughs> I couldn't hear how loud he was being or how loud <laughs> she was and the crackhead yelled at her dude that was some funny shit right? man. Hmm. but yeah I really hope you have that and you should play it if you do because it's been a minute since I heard that right um, on fucking peace out y'all
2: wow well, that, that sounded great Do you remember that, Sleazy? There's for in my old building I lived in that Joe Kelly, I think still lives in that building. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. There was
3: a he keeps sending me videos of the guy across from you that um masturbates into the ether like above all the tourists walking by on the sidewalk.
2: Oh, in the (laughs) residential hotel across the street.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: that guy. He just sits there and he masturbates in the window. It's fucking disgusting. Big fat guy. But in the building, our landlord, I think he worked with like tenderloin runaways or something. Like runaways. That right, like right, 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 right. Yeah. Because yeah. they, weren't, they weren't even 18. They were kids. Like 15 to 20 probably. And he took the laundry room of the building. We had like three washer dryers. He took them all out and converted it into like a room for these runaway kids. And I was... I mean, everyone in the building was like, what the fuck, dude? You know, why are you letting these people in there? And I was just kind of like, I don't want these fucking vagrants living in the building. Because they ended up ripping off, uh, they're breaking into people's apartments, like climbing up the fire escape. And that's how they ended oh, up getting wow. kicked out. But anyway, during that three or four month period before they got kicked out, this couple is like a guy and a girl would have the loudest sex. Like it was so loud and it was so fake. Cause I know, I know it's, <laughs> it's not that good. You know, I know it is, especially when you're like fucking a 16 year old kid, you probably last like two minutes, but yeah, this girl, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's getting eaten out or whatever, but yeah, you. I mean, she was like acting like she was like fucking Porsche Lynn or something, or Jenna Jameson, just like, eh, eh, like screaming. And so one time These we were doing
1: homeless kids or the runaway kids.
2: Yeah. The homeless kids. Yeah. And, uh, okay. one time we were doing a podcast and I remember Wackerly was like, what the fuck is that? Because <laughs> you could hear it. Because I was right above like two, you know, two floors above the laundry room. And it was so loud. And so we just ended up like putting the mic out the window just to listen to it. And uh, wow, yeah. And then meanwhile, like there's that crackhead that lived uh, like in the residential hotel that was like adjacent to my building. He this... started screaming, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it was like a whole mess, it's, yeah. And it was just kind of uh, yeah. There's that a building whole, sucked. Like,
3: menagerie of nonsense in that building. I mean, Joe, Joe's like uh, crazy, uh, meth head neighbor that bangs on the door at three o'clock in the morning, having a heart attack or something, and then call, call, <clears throat> having to call the authorities. And like the other day, he, he banged on the door at three o'clock, saying he's having this uh, heart attack, and then. The the paramedics came and they said, We just we just gave this guy medical attention at Union Square on the same day. (laughs) They recognized him.
2: Well he that guy's (laughs) that guy's on like SSI or something. He's been living in that building for twenty some odd years. And he's this gay dude that had a stroke. He is so he is so fucking gross, this guy. He had a stroke and he will go and bring homeless guys from the street up to his apartment and have sex with them like yeah. he'll bugger homeless guys joe. yeah <laughs> and he lives right next door to joe so joe's joe has to deal with it it's fucking it's it's fucking vile and so i guess what recently happened is the guy od'd and was like pounding on people's doors and then i almost died and yeah i thought i thought joe was trying to sue the landlord or something
3: yeah, he was trying to, but you know, he feels bad for the landlord because the landlord can't can't evict him or anything. He's got you know, he's got SSI, like uh, yeah. Right, yeah,
2: yeah, rights and all that stuff. So, but I mean, what can you do? You know, I wouldn't feel bad for that fucking landlord because you know, when I lived there in that tiny little studio apartment, I was paying like nine hundred. You know how much the fucking apartments are now there? Like twenty eight. Shut up. Yeah, like that some uh, of the units on the top floors are like twenty eight hundred dollars for a tiny little and, fucking studio.
3: And then you walk out and you're,
0: you, you yeah, and there's like human needle. feces
2: and fucking hypothermic needles. Yeah, twenty eight hundred bucks a month, such a rip. Anyway. All right, we got to wrap up. Um, people, you can always call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 323 522 4032. Best way to support the show is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Uh, we do thank everyone for donating, uh, especially this year. I mean, it's growing a lot and uh, it keeps the show going. I am planning to print some new tees soon. So uh, that, will, that will be coming uh, shortly in the new year. Uh, we also did uh, this week, Sleazy E subbed on the Patreon. We did another story about an angry father in a Santa suit murdering his family. And then, nice. um, yeah. And then I have a bunch of outtakes that we did with Julian and Danielle and OG from uh, from the musical, the Michael Jackson musical, just talking about some weird Michael Jackson stories and Marvin Gaye stories that they learned. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. We're going to end uh, the show here with one of the songs from the, from the For the Love of a Glove musical. It's called Don't Masturbate. Apparently, <laughs> did you guys know this, that Michael Jackson and the Jacksons were uh, Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. I don't know why I didn't know that. But in the Jehovah's Witness philosophy, they feel, and this is what Michael Jackson's taught, if you masturbate, you turn gay. Like, oh, soon- I don't
1: like want the gas man on the planet. But- <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it explains a lot
2: about steel. Um, but yeah, so from a young age, Michael Jackson, you know, his parents taught him that, you know, in the church, that if you touch yourself, if you uh, masturbate, you turn gay. And so his brothers, like, had a running joke that Michael Jackson jacked off all the time, and that's why he was so gay when he was a kid. <laughs> and so they used Self- to tease him a lot. Prophecy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of explains what happened. But yeah, like um, there are a couple things that they do in the play. Like I also didn't know this, but do you know there's a rivalry with uh, the Jacksons and the Osmonds? Donnie and Marie.
3: No. Well, they, what were I, they? Were they Jehovah's Witnesses as well? Right? They're Mormons. Mormons.
2: Mormons. Mormon. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, but apparently, yeah. I guess a lot of uh, you know they they. I guess ripped off the style and the the melody of a lot of their songs and did their own whitewash versions. Oh, so oh, okay. People used to be, yeah. People used to say there's some cultural appropriation going on there. I, you know, I didn't know. I guess I was too young to even be that familiar with the Osmonds' music. But they were kind of like the Branson, Missouri, acceptable version, you know, non-black version of the Jackson Five. So, They're you know, still
3: going. Like I just saw a of like. In, Ve- in Vegas, there was, like, a a picture of her, like, on the side of one of the casinos that's about, you know, 20 stories tall. Hmm. She's still They're still, still, performing? still performing in Vegas. Yeah, was must be. Was awesome. it
1: for performing or the Nutrisystem diet? Because she's on a TV <laughs> ad, like, every two minutes for Nutrisystem or something. And quite frankly, she's much more jerk offable now than she was when she was popular, like, in the 70s. Yeah. She's a hot piece of ass now.
2: Do you think <laughs> Donnie was getting some from me? Donnie's a
1: hot piece of ass, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, Seal's been masturbating way too much over yeah. the years. He, Look what he, happened. the
1: Osmonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look what happened.
2: So anyway, we're going to end the show here with Don't Masturbate from the musical For the Love of a Glove. This is music that was uh, composed by Drew Erickson, Nicole Morier, and uh, Max Townsley. Uh, I'd like to thank Julian, Danielle, and Oji for being on the show, talking about the musical. And people can go check out fortheloveofaglove.com to find out if uh, the show might be coming to your city. Uh, Steele and Sleazy E, thanks for guest hosting. Awesome. It's been fun. Been a good yeah, time. Good You're times, welcome. Yeah, yeah happy, uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy New Year, happy New Year. Um, People will be back and next happy week. Holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. We'll be back next week with episode seven twenty, which will be the first Segrom show in the new year. Um, anyway, happy New Year. Take it, sleazy. We'll be back next week.
7: Ooh, hall- from naughty masturbation It is Satan's most Insidious temptation A weenie in your palm Can be It leads to homosexuality, which is not a part of any healthy form of morality. It makes a lot of sense, if you're not completely dense, that when you touch your glands. Get Don't masturbate, don't masturbate, don't masturbate, don't masturbate. Don't be gay, just be straight, don't be gay, just be straight, don't masturbate. Don't masturbate, I don't masturbate, don't masturbate, don't masturbate. I don't masturbate, don't masturbate, don't hurt Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. be gay. Just be straight. Don't be gay. Just be straight. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. I don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't masturbate. Don't squirm. Your own fist, the pot from which piss is pissed. Don't take out what should be in. Don't unleash the juice of sin. Don't commit this wicked gap. Cause you'll earn eternal wrath. And eternity is very long. Not worth it for stroking Don't sure.
0: Don't,
7: masturbate. Don't, masturbate. Don't, masturbate.
0: Don't, masturbate. Don't, don't Don't I don't Don't you Don't no,
7: no, 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 no. I'm gonna ask you this, and it's embarrassing for me to ask you this, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Are yeah. you a virgin? How could you answer that question? I, I'm just I just wanna know. I want to know. I'm a gentleman. You're a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. So, okay, I would interpret that to mean that means that you believe that a lady is a lady, and therefore? It's something that's private. I mean, you know, shouldn't be spoken about openly. You can call me old-fashioned if you want, but, you know, to me that's very personal. (laughs) So you're not going to answer it? I'm embarrassed.